Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hi, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Monday, April 25th, 2022. Most people know that HP is one of the world's great tech companies that sells a marvelous range of PC, server, data center, and other enterprise-related hardware, not to mention printers, of course. Uh, But the company is now branching out into the subscription services area. To deep dive on what HP is doing in this area, I'm joined, let me bring him up on the screen, if I can find the little button here, uh, is Ben Marshall. Ben, say hello to the audience. How are you? I'm fantastic. Hello, everybody. Well, I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join us. Ben's going to uh, help us deep dive on subscription services, which is a new area, a relatively uh, new area for HP. And, you know, what I like to do um, before we you know, get into the kind of the nitty gritty of things, I like to talk about people's background that I typically interview on the, the podcast. So, Ben, let me bring up your background and okay. let's talk a little bit about what you do at HP specifically um, and your, your background and you know, your preparation for this role. Absolutely. So it's, it's, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. We're very excited about what's going on at HP. I'm the global product manager for the HP managed subscription services for Microsoft. So uh, I'm, I'm charged with building the Microsoft licensing business that we allow uh, our company to provide to our direct customers and to our indirect customers through our, our huge reseller network. So Mm-hmm. Building that business here has just been a very exciting thing. To start out with, I'm I'm classically trained in IT, <laughs> computer science degree, <laughs> uh, IT management degree, master's degree. Um, worked for some very complex and large IT departments. USAA and HEB are huge, and uh, just learned a ton working there. Part of my uh, experience and my responsibilities in those IT shops were to. Uh, manage the licenses, manage the the strategy, the IT strategy that we sent out to our end users. So uh, that's where I got into the licensing business. Uh, I was eventually recruited by my uh, the provider of licenses. So it was a, a, a licensing service provider. It's a program that Microsoft has that does the enterprise agreements. I was recruited out of my IT shop to go work for them, Software One, and started advising other clients how to buy and manage their licenses. So I've been doing this now for a little over 10 years. It's, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, nobody gets up and, and thinks, I want to do licensing. <laughs> I <don't> think <laughs> accountants would do that. So, uh, so it's, but it's been an amazing trip. Um, eventually ended up at Blue Chip Consulting Group, building their licensing business as well. And I uh, got this great opportunity at HP to come over here and build it globally. So, Well, in the licensing business, well, you know, it may... Um you may not, uh, you know, some people might not see it as a, a very sexy part of the business. It's a very right. important part of, of the business. Um, right. It helps customers obviously do things a lot more cost effectively, you know, from a, from a deployment state uh, standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all kinds of, you know, legal ramifications that a company undertakes when they're utilizing software or services, which we're going to talk about, uh, right. and doing it in a compliant way that every person who's using the seat, so to speak, which is the, the industry lingo, for right. um, uh, for uh, uh, licensing arrangements, uh, and uh, so what you're doing is very very important, and uh, and it sounds like you have a tremendous background um, with um, 
licensing, which obviously is uh, uh, central to your role here. The interesting thing is, and what we're going to talk a bit about when we get into this, is that the licensing portion engagement, at least initially, seems to be very focused with Microsoft. And obviously, HP has had a long, long history with Microsoft that goes many, many years. So talk a little bit about the relationship HP has with Microsoft. Yeah, no. So that was one of the great reasons why I wanted to come here is because HP is one of the largest Microsoft partner on the planet. Uh, We have a huge business with our OEM business, meaning the the uh, hardware business where we sell uh, desktops and laptops. So we've, we've got a great relationship as a partner for the Microsoft, uh, you know, line of business. Cause mm-hmm. uh, you know, every, everybody's going to need some form of hardware and likewise, everybody needs some form of Microsoft licensing. So <laughs> it's all over, but yeah, we've been uh, one of the best and closest partners with Microsoft for years. Yes. So I was excited to come here. Now, HP's relationship with Microsoft has got to go back to the um, mid-80s. You know, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, it's, so it's not a casual relationship. You, no. You just haven't hooked up with Microsoft over the last uh, couple of months here. So it, that's, it, go ahead. Just, I'm sorry. It's just, I was just going to say it's interesting. Um, once I got here, you know, the, I had to get to know everybody that was charged with contributing to the CSP business, to the, to the HP licensing business. And when I found out the resources that Microsoft has focused just on the HP business itself, it, it was mind blowing. So right. yeah, right. it's such a great um, collaboration between our two companies. Well, and I, and I think this is the, really the first topic I want to uh, tee off with you. And that is, you know, how has the licensing industry changed? You know, the, there's, I think there's a perception, and I think you would agree with this, that mm-hmm. most businesses don't believe they have to engage in some type of licensing orientation, unless they're huge, you know, unless they have tens of thousands of employees and seats, and that's when it becomes more cost effective. And obviously there's compliance factors. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but give us your perspective because the service is part of the offering, which we'll get into in a little while. Right. That actually has a play in very much in small, medium businesses, which are dramatically smaller. They may, they may, and you know, what makes it even more interesting is that SMBs, typically buy like consumers, but they have enterprise-like behavior, you know, and without all the resources that enterprise customers have. But let's get your perspective and how the industry has changed. Okay. Yeah. And it it, it can be overwhelming at times. So just like you said, you know, when you start to think about the licensing needs that, that a company has, whether you're, you're big or small, uh, you know, you, you, your first thought is, who do I call for this? That, that's always a big question. And if you're a big company and you're, you're starting out going, okay, I've got it. I've got a hundred, let's say a hundred licenses. And then you go up to, you know, 150,000, uh, users that you have to license big question. Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Well, and just like you said, the thought is if I have 5,000, 10,000, you know, 50,000 users, then I need to get some type of discount cause I'm buying a lot. Microsoft refers to that as volume discounting. Uh, and so they've traditionally built these license contracts that way. Initially, the, the enterprise agreement, for example, which is their, their most lucrative volume license agreement, um, started at 250 users. So when we think mm-hmm. about big companies, you know, then they throw that 250 user number out and everybody thought, oh, that's not that big. But, but that's where their discounts started. So... For the last 30 years, we've thought of buying large contracts, and by large, I mean 250 and above, which is kind of funny, 
um, <laughs> this volume discount licensing program, which was an enterprise agreement. And if I didn't want to accept some of the requirements like an enterprise commit or the three year commit um, on an enterprise agreement, I could do a, a smaller contract like a, a Microsoft product and services agreement or a select plus is what they called it initially. Mm -hmm. So we've moved forward. What happens is though, the contract between Microsoft and the customer is what the volume license contract is. So it's a direct contract. And then Microsoft would pay a third party to help manage that contract. And so a, a lot of people misunderstood that, okay, I'm dealing with a company like Software One, for example, or CDW. And that's who my contract is with. No, actually the contract is with Microsoft. And then Microsoft is paying Software One or CDW to manage your, your yeah. So, and then you would call a software one or CDW resource first, and maybe you could talk to your Microsoft account. Now what's happened now is Microsoft has created another licensing program called the cloud solution provider program. CSP is who, who you, you hear it from here referred to as, but it is designed initially to satisfy the needs of smaller businesses. And it is a contract that exists between the provider, the third party provider, like HP in this case, and the customer. And, and therefore, there's not a connection directly to Microsoft. There's some terms that you have to accept, but it would change the relationship from the Microsoft Direct with a third party management service to an actual IT service provider. So now you're going to the people you're buying it from you're contracted with. And also in addition to that, the CSP requires that the third party provider, in this case, HP also provides tech support for everything they sell you. And, and, and everything that they sell you is very, a very detailed word, because if I sell a Microsoft 365 subscription, we all know that's, that's a bundle of several products. What that means is the provider has to support every technology included in those bundles. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the, that's the big change in, in the way the industry is going. It changes a bunch, a bunch of other components that we've had to deal with as we've purchased these licenses. For example, when I, uh, when I go to uh, purchase new licenses, the old way through the volume license, I had to contact several people and get my license. Well, now service providers are, are creating a quicker time, uh, turnaround time to allow you to get that license in place. So a lot of our CSPs have SLAs that are built to uh, turn those licenses around pretty quickly as business should. Right. I mean, that's that's just the growth of the industry. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we're doing here uh, is just enabling the end user, whether they come directly to us or one of our resellers um, to get that license quicker. So. There's a, there's a lot of things that are happening that, that align closer to business with the new way that uh, Microsoft has set up to fulfill these licenses. And it's, it's a very exciting time to be in licensing. And if you, if you can even say that, right? <laughs> I mean, who's, no, you, you could say that. <laughs> exactly. well, but you know, you know what's interesting, Ben? And then we'll, 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 we'll get to the next topic. Yeah. Is that you mentioned something that we should put a little bit of color around. And mm -hmm. that is HP has always been very much a very... Um, uh, explicitly focused company on channel partnerships right and the licensing component to this um, is very very important because the licensing portion always always has to comprehend that channel engagement because many customers prefer to do business with hp 
you know, right. through some type of traditional channel, since not every company buys 100% HP products, they buy right. other things. And that channel component and the way it kind of intersects with the, um, uh, the licensing angle, you probably want to talk about that for 30 seconds because the channel piece is so important at HP. Well, and, and it's it, so more, you're correct, first of all, and more importantly, it's, it's more important to the end customer. So one mm -hmm. thing that I tell Microsoft, I tell all my partners is the, the best part about our program is it allows the customer to pick who they do business with. And that's a very important topic. Now, Microsoft set up CSP to allow the provider to either sell directly or indirectly. You have to get authorization for both the direct and indirect motion. And we are gaining all of our indirect motion authorizations. We have all of our direct motion authorizations. So as we go into each country, we have to get Microsoft to authorize us as a, as a provider, a, a tier two provider is what they call it. And then our resellers then can join our program, our Microsoft licensing program, and sell to their customers. And we sure, have sure. set up the infrastructure to enable them to do that, not only in an easy and effect, efficient way, like you were mentioning, but also so that we don't compete and every customer that is a customer of either HP Direct or Indirect gets the exact exact same benefits. And there's so many things that we've baked into this, and we compete on price. So mm -hmm. it's just a, it's just an exciting way to put this sure. business together. So, well, so I guess this is the sixty four thousand dollar question. Maybe I should adjust that for inflation. It's yeah, one hundred twenty thousand dollars exactly. Um, not, we won't turn this into a political broadcast. Exactly. Uh, why is HP services different in the industry? Because, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, and you know this, and the mm -hmm. HP manager knows this, you know, services has been something that has been happening as a trend for the last several years. I think right. a lot of it has been spurred on by mobile devices and um, this movement away from, you know, in an extreme example, the old days, you know, when you would buy a piece of software and it had in the old days floppy disks or CDs right. in the box. And I, don't, I know people who are less than 30 can't remember that, but there was a right. time when right. you know you bought the software, you got a single license that you could use by yourself. Um, and you know, we kind of you know trans transitioned to a, a a broader licensing arrangement for Office 365 and other right. major applications like that. But mobile devices have always also played a role in that. You know, for right. example, when you're using um, uh, 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 and you may even talk about this when you're using mobile um, Office 365 right. uh, Enterprise or on your desktop, you also get a free license agreement to use it on a mobile device on iOS or Android. So mm -hmm. talk to me how HP kind of intersects into this and they add their level of value to uh, the services component. Absolutely. Well, I was excited when I joined uh, HP because they had the same corporate culture that I wanted to create in just the licensing part of the business. And that mm -hmm. is end user focused. So the number one uh, differentiator that we have is our services built on the focus that each end user, regardless of how they get their, their licenses from us, uh, has exactly the software they need to do their job. My, my job as a licensing provider is to make sure that every end user within that organization is impacting the bottom line somehow, productivity wise or some other way. Uh, for their own business. And so we built this service with that in mind. I always tell my coworkers who sometimes it, in, in, in the software business, it's easy to lose track of this. But when you start thinking about delivery models and how do I con uh, connect with the, the, the customers or the resellers, we lose sight of the fact that 
our job is to help that company that's buying from us, small or big, uh, be profitable. And we don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, impact the bottom line in, in any way that doesn't affect it positively. So that's that's the number one differentiator. That creates a bunch of uh, perspectives that are different from the, the rest of the industry. So we take that stance and then we move one level up to the IT director or the procurement director's uh, role in, in getting these licenses. And what, what, what we've done there is we've create, assembled a infrastructure and a go-to-market strategy where, number one, they can do all of this. Um, uh, they can purchase and manage all of their licenses directly on their own through a self-service portal for the mm-hmm. entire Microsoft catalog. That's not normal in this industry. So that, what that means is the director or the manager can just go, I need an office right now. I didn't order it two weeks ago when yes. I hired this person. Now I can order it and instantly assign that, uh, that license to the end user. And make, that employ- and make that employee instantly productive. Exactly. All of a sudden they have email and everything. We also have enabled the partners to do the same thing. They don't have to come to us to get these licenses. They can do it on their own through their own portal that we provide them, the same portal that they provide to their end clients. So uh, it makes our partner, it takes us out of the, the time, you know, the time it takes to get the license. HP is no longer involved in that. Our partners can either do it themselves or they can enable their end users to do it. And again, it's for the entire Microsoft catalog, which is unheard of at this point. Right. So that, that's a big part of the differentiator. The other side of this, which is equally as big, uh, is our ability to monitor the usage of all of our technology and let the client know, okay, you're buying stuff that you're not using. Now, this is where I'm married with the current HP culture. We have a product called Proactive Insights that does this for the hardware side of things. Mm -hmm. So it's an analytics tool that watches what's being done by each end user and lets us know, okay, this person hasn't even logged into, you know, SharePoint or or use their apps at all. So having that kind of knowledge, we keep our, we, we report that to the end customers, we report it to the partners, let them know, hey, there's some discussions to be had because there's some budget that may be able to be used somewhere else, or there's some training uh, opportunities that exist that to make this person more productive. productive. All of that, that is big win. But that's an interesting thing because the, um, and especially large organizations where you might have thousands of licenses, the thousands of seats have been signed up. Correct. If you don't want to be paying for seats that you're not using. That's right. right? So, so there's a cost savings that that, that capability provides a, a customer, which is great. And, and you kind of hinted at this. There's also a security related piece to this as well. Right. You know, you know, being able to track we're all you know, using that HP capability, you know, what software people are using on their client is right. a big deal because I, if I, an IT manager really wants to know that, you know, why right. are they using a particular tool? Has yeah. the product been yeah. compromised in some way or are they just not using the tool because they're not they haven't been trained properly? So there's That's a lot true. of advantages that fall out of it. Absolutely. And, and the, the same tools that we use to enable all of this access and, and management also allows us to watch their environment security wise as well, like you just pointed out. So mm-hmm. the, the five desktops, the five tablets and the five mobile devices that one user license gives you uh, will also show us where, you know, where they're logging in from, what area of the world they're logging in from, how many times did they fail the, their password challenge. Are, do they have MFA in, in, enabled on their environment? So 
we have all of these tools already baked into our standard offering. You cannot buy a Microsoft license from HP or one of its resellers without having these tools. It's just baked right. in right. and we're still competing price wise. So, right. um, so yeah, that all of that is an important to, like you said, a mobile workforce, especially with the, the hybrid approach that everybody's taken now where they're working at home mostly and maybe only going into the office a couple of days a month. That's, right. it's been critical to, to deliver that in, and still give our CISOs, our, our chief security officers or our CIOs, you know, that warm fuzzy that I'm secure, my people have what they need and I can prove it. And that's a, yes. that's a big thing from us is they can prove yes. it. Well, let's, let's you know, jump right into it. You know, I know you can't go into every single piece because right. <laughs> you know, the Microsoft catalog is actually pretty significant. It is. Uh, but- but, you know, and this is just a screenshot of your website just to give yeah. people kind of the overview. And by the way, I've been you know, uh, sending a, a ticker out along the screen. I'll bring yeah. it up right now for people to kind of check out if they want to go for more inf- look for more information on HP services. But give us a quick, you know, overview of the top three, four uh, items in the in the Microsoft catalog that you see a lot of attach rate. I mean, that's an old consumer phrase, <laughs> attach rate. Yeah, and it's it's funny because the the first thing that happened when I got here is I was asked this question: What do you expect us to sell most of? Well, I mean, the, the easy answer is well, you have to get the end user components. Microsoft called them uh, enterprise products in their in their volume licensing catalogs, which they're combining into a single new commerce experience catalog. But obviously, we have the the productivity suite which is office you need some form of that whether you're you're a frontline worker and only need email or access to you know your your company's website or you need the full suite and then you're going to use power bi and then you know you're running around uh on mobile sites so we need to include your security so all of those uh, productivity suites your security suites those are going to be probably the the things we see on every contract but then the key to being a, a good uh, licensing provider for, through Microsoft is the ability to fulfill anything that the customer wants from Microsoft. So, so that's why our catalog is so big. It was funny when I got here, they said, well, how many SKUs are we going to put up on the catalog? And I said, well, at the time when I started, and this was before Microsoft started consolidating the catalog, it was 600,000 SKUs globally. Now it's well over a million SKUs, and that scared a bunch of people here at HP. But we've we've worked through that, and we're able to fulfill everything and, and without without any issues at all. So, uh, but yeah, so that that that's the the approach we've taken to the catalog, and that way every customer can get whatever whatever they need. Well, and that's important because you know while that obviously that creates a bit of complexity, and there's the operations people always kind of throw up their hands saying, "Oh my, you know." You know, that's those number of SKUs, it's, it's unmanageable. I mean, the, the, rea- the reality is, is that when the customer requires a unique configuration or a unique offering, you just can't ignore that. I mean, the, the whole customization piece is a big, big deal. And like right. you said before, nobody wants to pay for things that they're not going to use. It's not that's a question, right. well, you, here's a, an offering that has everything. And, uh, okay, maybe my co- a, a division at a certain company only uses you know, two or three of those products. Why should they pay for the other two or three services? So you have to, I think HP is doing the right thing by trying to be as flexible as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's the base offering. It's, it's just, you, if you need Dynamics, we fulfill that. If you need Azure, we fulfill that. If you need mm-hmm. a suite, we fulfill that. 
but we do it in such a way that you can manage it all in one place. You know, I, sure. I had to explain, I don't want multiple providers for Microsoft. I don't want to have to buy my Dynamics one place, my office another, and then data center capabilities from somebody else. No, we have to do all of it at the same time for them to come to us. And that's what we've got. One stop shopping. That's right. That's right. With all the analytics. So, so, and then, so that's the catalog. Then in this, in this topic, you'll see the analytics. That's a big thing culturally at HP is providing the analytics on what you've purchased. It's, it's kind of the notion that I'm going to prove to you that you bought the right thing. We have to take one step past that. And that is if it shows up that you didn't buy the right thing, we need to allow you to adjust on the fly to the right thing. And that's how their hardware business now is working. We've got really innovative with hardware delivery and, and managing and measuring what, you, what you're using as a customer. Same thing with this, with this product. We're going to manage and, and monitor what you're using and allow you to adjust and come up with strategies to allow you to adjust. For example, right. Microsoft's changing uh, their percentages and their discounts based on your commitment, which has always been a, a Microsoft licensing thing. If you commit to a year, they say you get a 20% discount, which just means that there's a 20% increase if you're going to go month to month. So we have to be uh, cognizant of that discount and, and good stewards of our customer's budget and make recommendations. Okay, for these customers, we know, you know that they're going to be easy to license. We'll do the annual commit for the others. Let's look at a couple of months first to make sure that they're getting what they need, and then we can switch it over. We have the ability and the tools to prove all of that out, not just advise on it, but show the customer their own, their own analytics. So, so that's another major component. And then we already mentioned the the acquisition component where at any time they can buy and use it immediately. So, well, the analytics piece is huge. I mean, I've yet to meet an enterprise customer, a a CIO or a CISO or whoever you want to uh, talk to at, at the senior levels in an organization, they want to have data at their fingertips. And in many cases, they don't have the capability in-house to do that themselves. Uh, and the fact that you guys are providing that as kind of a value-added part of your services is, is a big deal. And I know that's very, very much appreciated that. We've got a few minutes left here, and I do want to address this last topic is, is yeah. you know, what is the business outcome of working with HP on these third-party licensed strategies? I mean, yeah, we, again, we could talk, this could be a separate podcast for three hours talking about yeah. this one topic. Exactly. But at a high level, Ben, Yes. Talk to talk to me a little bit about the benefits that you know customers you know will 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 be able to accrue, you mm-hmm. know, based in you know, engaging these third party license agreements. Yeah. So, no, oh, no, and it's and it's like I said, it's an exciting time. The the business outcomes, you know, gone are the days where our ROI reports were focused around how many copies of an of a software package was was deployed. You know, we used to get the system center reports on our deployments. We had, you know, 90% successful deployment or whatever it was. And that's how we attributed our return on investment reports to our leadership. Today, especially through the HP uh, subscription management service, not only can we show you where it's deployed, but we can show you how they're using it, what functions in each product they're using, how much of it they're using, have they ever used it? So our ROI reports now can be extremely, extremely accurate and show, oh, no, this person's using that function every day. So that was a good investment, right? So so that is the number one business outcome is our ROI gets highly accurate and and everybody feels good about 
is spending that money now because they know they're they'll be able to show you look this is what we did if we if if we miss the mark we can adjust very quickly and start start uh being accurate on our our spending yeah my so guess is that the cfos and organizations love that piece oh they Again, do you know. yeah <laughs> it's a lot of fun to, to have those discussions at that level the yeah. second thing is like we said before is your your customers so if you're a partner of ours your customers get what they need and we can prove it our customers get what they need and we built this the third thing is we built this to scale up or down at any level so we've got customers now that are a one one person shop they're csp customers it's affordable they're able to get the benefits um, from even like the security monitoring packages uh, the the deployment if they if they hire a second person as a startup and we've done startups before um, you know it's immediately they can get their new license and and have them up and run in that day that they start so uh, the the business outcome is just removing all of the obstacles that we had in the past for getting that software and using it and then we have a whole nother uh, component around adoption so if they need access to adopting it you know the, how do I do this kind of stuff uh, we have that for them too we're building a ton of content um, both for our resellers on how to sell and for the customers and so um, you know just making sure that every user not only has what they need but can use what they need to be productive for their own company right well ben you know we, we only have a couple minutes left here uh you know what any remaining message you want to impart before we uh, conclude the podcast yeah, no, I just really appreciate the opportunity to be here. We're very excited about continuing the HP way tradition, which is to enable our customers to be very accurate on their spend, get what they need and be successful in, uh, in, in their business working with us from an IT per, uh, perspective, you know, whether it's hardware or software, it's, it's been amazing to be a part of this organization and, uh, I've, you know, I didn't have as much familiarity on the, as a chief architect or whatever, um, as I did as a, a admin at USAA where we were already an HP, a big HP customer. Um, right. I'm a huge fan of our innovations. You mentioned we do a bunch of things at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we've got so many development teams, you know, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, um, the print. 3D print, all of that stuff is just fun to watch. And then the whole gaming divisions that we have. Uh, HP has just been an amazing company to work for. Um, it, it, their employees are extremely happy, and there's a reason for that. And, and because of that, I think we get to come up with these great solutions that really impact the lives of our, our direct customers and their end users. So. Right. Right. I just, oh, no, HP has done some marvelous things. They reinvent itself almost on a, on a, I, I want to say daily basis, but I'll say, I'll say yearly basis. Yeah. And, and it's um, a right? <laughs> yeah, our well, you, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is that it, you know, they've completely reinvented the way people acquire ink for printers. You know, nobody thought that could be possible. And right. they, you know, they recognize that ink is a very uh, um, expensive um, commodity for people and the HP instant ink subscription program, which is kind of a, uh, maybe the, the, the great, great grandfather of this kind of, that's kind right. Yeah. I mean, they have a, without, you know, this, they have a lot of history and already doing this the right way. And customers seem right. to uh, have seemed to react very, very well for that. Well, well with that, but again, Hey, listen, Ben, thanks for taking the time to join me for today's right. podcast for our viewing and listening audience. Yeah. And thanks for making the smart tech tech podcast part of your day or commute. 
please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vina at Mark Vina Tech Guy. If you haven't already, please make a donation to the Red Cross or your preferred charitable organization to help the brave people of Ukraine in their time of need. And until next time, have a great week. And Ben, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.